0: you looking for an online sportsbook with fast payouts and easy-to-use interface? Look no further than MyBookie.ag. Payouts in only two business days, the best customer service out there, the best odds, and even live betting. Go take a look for yourself at MyBookie.ag, and once you figure out that it's the best, sign up with promo code WCE50 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code WCE50. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at Chris B Gianini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from winningcureseverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out.
1: Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are. Looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. <laughs> 40 years. How about that? So here is fourth down.
0: Can you believe it? It's picked up by Michigan State's Jalen wants Jackson,
1: and he scores on the last play of the game. Are you kidding me? I'm you don't care. Oh my, oh my gosh. Oh, no. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
0: On today's show, he's with the Tuscaloosa News. He's been covering Alabama football and the SEC overall since the early 80s. He's won countless awards. He's the go-to for anything that's going on in T-Town. And he's my personal favorite sports writer. He is Cecil Hurt. Cecil, had a Mobile, Alabama
1: treat you last night? Was it cold? Uh, no, it was nice down there. Nice coastal weather. You know,
0: I'm actually pretty familiar with with Mobile. My wife taught high school down there when we were dating back about four years ago. I will never forget. I I always assumed that it was warm down there year-round. You know, you're near the beach. It's coastal, like you said. It's not far from Gulf Shores. Uh, But we would make the trek from Memphis to Mobile back and forth to see each other on the weekends when we lived apart. And it snowed like eight inches down there between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I think it was like
1: 2013, maybe. Uh, it yeah, was I the think, strangest I, thing. I think I think that's the year that their bowl game had snow, which they is had, just
0: weird yeah. to see.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know the the they they host a MAC team every year, and the MAC team thought they'd be coming down from Toledo and and you know enjoying some nice Gulf Coast weather, and got about four inches of snow on them. And it just blows so, my
0: mind. It blows
1: can my it's yeah. usually, you know, five, six, eight degrees warmer there than it is here, so it was nice last
0: night. <laughs> All right, now before we get into the Iron Bowl and whatnot, let's uh, let's hit on a couple of uh, topical things. Uh, first off, my dad grew up a big Alabama basketball fan along with football. He, he keeps telling me after watching uh, Colin Sexton and John Petty and this whole bunch that this team reminds him a little bit of Wimp Sanderson's old teams. It, is this the best overall collection of talent
1: that's been inside the Plaid Palace since Wimp was there? Um, yeah, you know, they're a different type team, and Mark had a, a really good team uh, 2005, 2006, when they had Kennedy Winston and, and some of those guys. So so it's it's different. Still need to see how their inside guys are going to hold up. Um, you know, there's not an Antonio McDice type on there um, or a Robert Ory, but there's are certainly perimeter players, I would say it, it's probably as good as as it's been in a long, long time.
0: It's uh it's definitely something to be excited about. We there hadn't been a whole lot uh, for Alabama fans to get excited about with basketball in the past few years, but this uh this kind of changes the narrative a little bit. Uh, off and, uh of
1: that, well, Colin, Colin, yeah Colin Sexton's a really fun guy to watch play. Just yes. style of play. Oh he's just so, he's so that fantastic. Certainly yeah, that he, that game last night it, it, tell me mm-hmm. tell me the game
0: last night you know came down to final shot and whatnot and it, it they depended on a defensive play um but right. the the big thing all year just through the few games that we've seen uh it's been free throw shooting is that something that that you feel like these guys can eventually fix or is this just going to be a problem all year
1: no i think they can they can shoot i mean some of them are are not great shooters you know they're in so again daniel giddens probably not going to be a foul shooter, no matter what happens. (laughs) But, you know, Colin had a, he didn't shoot free throws well the first game, but he is an 80% shooter. He'll be fine um, as this season goes along. Um, And and I think, you know, I think Patty and Herbert and those guys can can be good free throw shooters. So I think it'll be fine. It's a little early. um, As we get a couple of more weeks in, I want to see what the trend is nationally. You know, Tennessee, uh, excuse me. Tennessee. Kentucky had a game last week where the, I think they were, were three for fifteen for the line. Something like something abysmal. Good so version. I don't know if it's just the national trend that guys just don't come in, you know, as fundamentally prepared to knock down free throws as as they used to back when back when it was Hoosier's time, you know. <laughs> and every team shot eighty five percent. The one thing I do know Every fifty-year-old guy on the internet can shoot eighty-five percent from the line. That's what they say. I could make. I could make seventeen out of twenty. Yeah. Yeah, I bet so. you can. Um, <laughs> you know, possibly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that that used to be a big.
0: Th- they called it a free throw for a reason, right? It was you know right. it was supposed to be free points. Um,
1: not right. the and case now. And anyways. you can you can master it. I mean you can be you know a great free throw shooter. And and Alabama can certainly shoot better than they have. In the, the first four games.
0: All right. Now you have undoubtedly heard the report that Kevin Sumlin is being fired at Texas A&M after the game with LSU this weekend, and that's regardless whether they win or lose. I, I'm not going to blame the Houston Chronicle for reporting it. Clay Travis even reported it last week, so I'm I'm not blaming the media for running with it. But how ridiculous is it that there are people close to that situation that wanted to get this out before the last game is even played?
1: Well, let me let me say this. Um, in some situations that happens in some situations you, you have a more clearly defined institutional power structure where, where only a president and an athletic director are involved in hiring and firing and if they don't tell somebody then it doesn't leak out like that and if I'm a candidate for the job and that's the way that, that things are handled and this was true in Texas' search when Charlie Strong was hired and Nick Saban was mentioned, you know, I don't think he ever really considered it very strongly, but um, you know, names get mentioned, that's an agent's job is to get the the names mentioned. But a really top notch head coach is gonna is gonna look twice at an institution where you've got twenty five cooks stirring the broth. You know, where everybody's got a voice and they You've got trustees or you've got boosters or you've got whoever saying who's going to get fired. Um, and the very best coaches don't really want to walk into that situation. They want, they want stable administration. Uh, they want hands-off from, from a lot of um, people who would like to be powerful people. So I don't know that it, it – you know, Texas A&M's got a bunch of money and can hire a guy, but um, it does not make your job any more attractive.
0: Well, that that kind of gets to my next question. Are, are Texas A&M and Texas somewhat in the same boat? You know, where the, the boosters and the BOT members really can't get out of their own way to let a coach build a successful program?
1: Well, um, you know, it certainly seems just from their recent searches, I guess Texas' last search that, that ended up with Tom Herman was a little bit less chaotic, but uh, they they do say, and I understand, there's a lot of rich people in Texas, a lot of rich guys that, that like to to flex the biceps, the the financial biceps, and um, still, mm-hmm. it's it's yeah, I think they're are similar situations in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they seem to be joined at the hip, anyway. <laughs>
0: They they may not like each other, but they uh they're almost yeah, mirror well, images.
1: I, I'll play, but I think they really you know, affect each other and sing about each other in their fight songs and and all that. And, and why not why not just go ahead and play, guys? Just line up and play.
0: Like give us give us a reason to talk about it. That'd, that'd make a whole right. lot more sense I, to me. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the reason I brought you in. It's Iron Bowl week. Saturday afternoon, two thirty, CBS. Down on the plains. Game day is going to be there. Uh, have they hit you up about being the uh, celebrity guest picker?
1: <laughs> no, they haven't. I don't know who they'll bring in at, at Auburn, but they'll have somebody good. I, I would imagine. I mean, so, it's
0: always Barkley or or Bo Jackson,
1: right? Yeah, Jason Duster.
0: He might be a possibility. Yeah, that's possible. Um, so, number one, Alabama, number six, Auburn. A chance to play in the, uh, the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium against Georgia for the SEC Championship is on the line. Does it feel like 2013 or – or do you feel like there are way more people on the Auburn bandwagon this go round?
1: Um, I, I think, yeah. Going into the game, I think there are more people who are predicting Auburn, and Auburn has a good team. You know, I'm not. There's certainly nothing wrong with with that being your prediction. Um, it's not the same for Alabama. I mean, it, it, it's one. You know, Alabama certainly has high expectations every year, but that was a team that was going for the third championship in a row, and that, that nobody really thought that anybody could could stop them and um, you know it took a, a really unique um, synthesis of events for it to to end up the way that it did, not just the kick six. I really I, kick six was a great exciting play. Um, I don't know once he missed the field goal you know even if it hadn't been returned, I don't know that Alabama was going to win that game in overtime uh, just the way that it was that it was um, unfolding. I think Auburn would have had most of the momentum and by far the better kicker oh, going yeah. into overtime. So, so who knows how it would have turned out? But uh, there were just so many plays before that 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 you know had to turn out one particular way. Six or seven plays that that had they gone the other way, Alabama would have would have won the game, but they didn't. So, um, anyway, back to the to the point. I, I think that. <laughs> people didn't expect it in 2013. You know, this year if, if Auburn wins, um, it would be an upset there for an half point underdog, but it wouldn't be a shot. Nobody's shot, you know, games less than a touchdown. And the underdog wins, that's not a that's not a stunning upset by any means. It's well, a especially place if they're at play. home. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're at home. They played well against Georgia. You know, they had they 2013 they had beaten Georgia on a miracle too. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people were just like, oh, that can't happen two weeks in a row or two games in a row. And it did. So, <laughs> so um, you know, it's so it's different circumstances this year.
0: All right, now one of the biggest storylines this week really has nothing to do with the game. At, well, all right, I take that back. It's got a little bit to do with the game. Uh, rumors are out there that Gus Malzahn may elect to leave Auburn and take the not-yet-open Arkansas job if he were to lose the Iron right. Bowl this weekend. I don't know what right. to believe and what not to hear. I've I've heard that, you know, people in power positions in Arkansas don't like Malzahn. I've heard that they fired Jeff Long to enable Malzahn to come in. What what do you make of all this?
1: Well, obviously uh, Jeff Long was fired for some reason, and I don't you know the, there wasn't a perception out there that he was an incapable administrator. You know, he was fairly well regarded as an athletic director to to the extent that I'm aware. So so it certainly from the outside looks like there was a power struggle within their board, that, that there were people who wanted to to fire Bielema, people who didn't, people who have a candidate, people who don't, and at least to the extent of being able to get rid of the athletic director, you know, a certain faction won. I, I can't imagine that, that they got rid of the athletic director with the plan to keep the head coach. So um I would be surprised first of all I'd be surprised if if um Missouri didn't beat Arkansas on Saturday and um or do they play Friday? I can't remember which day, but whenever they play I'd like Missouri. So <laughs> with that you know, with that situation it's gonna be tough for for Brett to stay. It'll be expensive to get rid of him, but they have they have people with, with money involved in their program like all the, the power five schools do so then if they make a change i'm sure that gus has a faction you know that's that's home for gus at northwest arkansas area um he's always sort of you know been mentioned up there ever since since he was houston's offensive coordinator or or (laughs) at least he had the title Uh, i don't know that houston ever let him call a play but um yeah, you know, there's certain people who like him, and there. I, I will say this: if, if you if you look at what he's accomplished at Auburn, I don't know if you could replicate that at at Arkansas, but I'll guarantee you. You know, Auburn people run hot and cold with Gus, but you know, I guarantee you, if you could get them to a to a over a six year span, if you could get Arkansas to a to a national championship game and have them competing for the West. Uh, two or three times, then they'd be thrilled with that. Oh, so, absolutely. So, might be a might be a little better fit, you know, in terms of of acceptance. And you would be out of you would be out of the state where Nick Saban works. You know, it, that's the thing. the would still be in the division, but you wouldn't you wouldn't have the everyday comparisons and the everyday competition.
0: All right, now let's uh, let's talk about the game a little bit. A couple weeks ago, Mississippi State. It, Almost religiously put eight guys in the box. It seemed every play they left a spy on Jalen Hurts. They made him throw the football to beat them in Starkville a few weeks ago. Do you think the Alabama passing game is efficient enough at this point in the season to be able to beat Auburn if the same situation unfolds?
1: Yeah, they they can. You know, it's just a matter of winning some one on ones and and Jalen delivering the ball, which he was able to do in the fourth quarter against Mississippi State. Um, so so they understand that's the way everybody plays them because you can't just concede the run right um so they just have to you know i think josh jacobs coming back and being more healthy um you know i think he can exploit some things underneath in in that kind of against that kind of defense uh the receivers are really good i don't know that they're they're ultra physical you know they aren't the six five guys that you throw up the 50-50 ball every time but they can get open if ridley gets open then he can score if rubs gets open then he can score so you know it's just a matter of hitting enough of those big plays
0: all right so there there have been countless injuries over the years at alabama we can you know we'll name all of them uh does it seem to you that there have been more than usual this season or is it just the fact that it's it's really been in one key position group that's made everybody talk about
1: it so much nationally? I think it's more that it's affected the linebacking core the way that it has than it is just oh there's there's injuries as you say there have been there have been injuries in, in a lot of years there was, you know last year you know Eddie Jackson was was injured and it made a big difference to not have Eddie Jackson by the time the Clemson gang rolled around people people get banged up Tennessee's banged up Florida's banged up Auburn's got some injuries um, but to to have as many linebackers as Alabama's had and experience, really all their experience in linebacker um, to be banged up, I think that's what has people paying attention to it.
0: right, now to close this out, because we're not going to do a long one today, tell me about Nick Saban. He seems to be at a really good place in life. He's laughing more, seems to really be enjoying the season. Were you at the press conference where he kind of went off about the kids buying jeans with holes in them?
1: Yeah, um, he's, he's been more relaxed this year. I, I think partly, you know, I think that's some of that's personal, you know, with his family and so forth. I think they're happy in Tuscaloosa, and I think some of it is. He, I think he likes this team. You know, some some years you can have a very good, very talented, very successful team that you don't like very much because they're not playing to their potential. This year, I think he, he feels like the the players are giving him an honest effort. Um, they're they're you know, good group. They they play hard. Um, not perfect. You know, players aren't going to be perfect. He, he got mad at you know the Mercer game when when people make mistakes. <laughs> he got, you know he'll, he'll um, you know people don't feel the punt correctly or get a get a penalty and and he'll go off. But I think he genuinely likes this team. So I think. <laughs> I think what happens is he, he doesn't come off the practice field mad very often, and so that sort of saves the guys in the press room after practice. That's um, so you can still you can still flip the switch, but yeah. but <laughs> I think he likes this team. I, I think that's really you know aside from his personal life, where, where I think he is happy. Um, I think he likes this. I think he likes this football team.
0: Now this this change in demeanor, it. it does it affect the football team possibly going into the Auburn game and basically from here on out it is win or go home so I mean is is that change in demeanor affecting the team you know for for when
1: they're ready to play for all the marbles I don't don't think it does because if you're you're a senior you know that's been your whole career I mean you've been in the playoff college football playoff every year of your career (laughs) you know so so Um, That's a pretty remarkable stat, isn't it? It is, it is, but you you get used to games like that. You've been in an SEC championship game every year. You've been in a playoff game every year. You've been in the last two national championship games. So you understand, if you're a player, what win-or-go-home pressure is all about. And they've been in more games like that than any other team in college football over the last four years. So, so they'll handle it fine i mean they, again that doesn't mean that, that auburn won't be sky high and play great and have a chance to win but i don't think it'll be because alabama didn't know how to handle the situation
0: he is cecil hurt from the tuscaloosa news you can read his stuff at tide sports.com follow him on twitter at cecil hurt cecil i appreciate you so much buddy enjoy yourself at the game on saturday
1: okay enjoy watching it
0: it's time for the rundown Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter at Cures. You can follow myself at GaryWCE. You follow me at ChrisBGiannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show. That's Everything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-226. Nine eight nine nine. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time,
1: have a good one, guys.
0: Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes, and make sure you leave a review.